Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Hello, Mark. Hello, Charity. Guys, Mark is recovering from being under the weather a little bit. A little. I feel like I'm dead to the world. I've been sick for a week and it's horrible. It's not the vid. Thank no, goodness. No, I did test. So It's not. Yeah, he told me to stay way over on my side. <laughs> yeah, I was like, stick on your side of the table. I don't I don't need you getting sick over here. I'm actually unheadphoning it today, so there's no headphones he on for me. He has naked ears right now. Because my head is so congested, I feel like if I put the headphones on, it will just be too much. Yeah. Ugh. How is everyone's fourth? Yeah, let's hear about them. Yeah. I I, I, I didn't do squat. <laughs> well, you got to go see your beautiful grandson and your yes. daughter. Yep. That's Went up nice. to upstate New York, and I, I felt bad. But that was actually the beginning of me not feeling good. Yes. When I went up. And so I scooted up there as fast as I could because I had a race get canceled. And I hadn't seen my grandson for a while. And I hadn't seen Aubrey for a while. So went up there and spent the weekend and posted a picture. And I get Scoot Parsons. Hey, you know I live in the same town. <laughs> Should have stopped it to say hello. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think of it. I, I'm like, you trust me, you wouldn't want me around with how bad I feel right now. But here we are. Um, one of the things I do want to touch on real quick here is we are very aware of the flooding that's going on in New Hampshire, Vermont, yes. Massachusetts. Yep. A lot of people that I know have been personally affected by it. And I see a lot of the destruction that's going on, especially up in upstate Vermont. We're thinking about you guys. Absolutely. Um Wish there was something we could do. It's just water is one of those things that is just the worst. Yep. I also want to uh, tell the people in Canada we're thinking of them with all the fires. Yeah, that is absolutely crazy. It's horrible. I mean, it's affected our weather here, um, the breathing conditions. So I can't imagine how bad it is there. So I'm really worried. My heart goes out to them as well. To everybody with something going on right now, we're thinking about you. That's right. So like I said, I went up to New York. Cherry, what did you do? Well, Mark, I went up. North to North Conway, New Hampshire. There you go. It's a beautiful spot. And I did all the things that you love. Oh, boy. Hiking. Nope. Climbing. Nope. Swimming. Nope. Okay, so it's all the things I love. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, um, lucked out with the weather. Lucked out with the weather. Started to downpour as we were coming home. So that was nice. So I hope everybody is doing well. And we're happy to be back, even though Mark is a little out of it. So if he if he says some weirder things than normal guys, you know. That's what she said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do have an update, though. Oh, what's that? Charity, listen to the sound. <gasps> Those are snow caps, Mark. So there's a store 
down the road called Eli's. It's over in uh, Wilmington, Mass. So yep. I need to give them a shout out because they're a great store. And I love going in there. They have all the different big league chew gums and all that stuff. So I buy I buy way too many things that I shouldn't. So when I happen to look down at the shelf and I found snow caps. Wow. There was like 17 boxes of them. And did you buy them all? I did. Do you think that I'm sure they sell them on Amazon? I checked. They're super expensive. And this is prime. The 11th through, I don't know what, is like prime week or yeah, something. Pr- I don't know what that means. Today, tomorrow, prime week. Yeah. Amazon comes to my house seven days a week. So so tell them to just grab some snow caps and bring them along. So basically, Kristen looks at me and says, you can't take them all. You need to leave some for other people. And I was like, why? <laughs> and she's like, because somebody else might want them. And I said, yeah, so don't I. I want them all. So the owner of the store is overhearing this. And she comes over and she says, do you really like snow caps? And I said, I friggin' love them. Like they're one of my favorite candies. And she's like, Oh, I'll have to order more. And I said, excuse me, let me ask you a question. Do you care if one customer buys 46 packages of these or 46 customers buy one package? <laughs> and they probably said no. And she said, it's all the same to me. I don't really care. And I looked at Chris and I was like, Guess what? I got snow caps for two weeks. Guys, I, I low-key <laughs> hope Kristen eats some of them so that Mark doesn't have as many. They're locked in my truck. I, well, he's not, well, they're going to get melted. Hey, I'd rather have melted snow caps than no snow caps. <sighs> well, Mark, I want to get into a few things before we get into the case that I feel like we should talk about. All right. First of all, this is kind of a what would you do situation, and it's a very sad situation. I like these. And this was sent to us by one of our listeners. I'm going to keep them anonymous. Because it's kind anonymous. of a sense. Anonymous, yeah. So this uh, this comes from, I found it on Bring Me the News, because I wanted to ring, read actually the news article on it. Okay. So let me just get into this. Okay, so um, the heading says, police, from the police, man found dead, lo- dead locked in freezer, went in on his own accord. Okay, mm. this is this is very sad, actually. Police said that the 34-year-old man had a warrant out for his arrest. Authorities believe a Babbitt, Minnesota man found dead inside a freezer chest ended up there on his own accord, potentially while hiding from the police. The Gilbert Police Department said Brandon Lee Bushman, 34, had a warrant out for his arrest prior to being found dead on June 26th at a home on 300 block of North 4th Avenue in the Iron Range town of Biwabik? B-I-W-A-B-I-K? Oh my God, the look on your face is great. By what? Whack? Wabbick? By Wabbick. I'm, I'm going to commit. <laughs> I love it. Witnesses told police Bushman was last seen by those present in the home, quote unquote, fleeing from the upstairs area of the house due to a possible police presence near the residence. Police said the freezer in the basement of the home hadn't been working for a long while as util- utilities haven't been connected at the residence since April 2022. The last time the home was occupied was in February. When closed, the freezer isn't capable of opening from the inside, and investiga- investigators say they found a quote-unquote metal lawn ornament rod that was inserted from the inside of the freezer towards the latching mechanism. The rod was jammed between the gasket and manufactured edge, preventing the rod from being able to manipulate the latching mechanism from the inside, police said. The Midwest Medical Examiner's Office said Bushman didn't have any signs of trauma or injury, toxicology Toxicology reports are pending as of Friday. 
Um, and they, it also says if anyone has any information regarding Bushman, they are asked to call police at 218-748-2225. Now, I'm going to give the backstory that I got from, okay. our, from our creep. The person who found the said man is a person who just purchased the house. Oh. Okay. And was in the process of like cleaning the house before you move in when they found this. And that person has now since is traumatized and now does not want to move into the house because they feel as it's kind of a bad omen, which is really sad because, you know, you, you save all this money and make this big purchase and it just, it freaked them out to that point. So my question to you and the creeps would be, would you, would you stay in the home, right? Yes. You would. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And I'll give a reasoning. Okay. So you hear a lot of times where there's been like a horrible murder or something like that, that has happened inside of that house. Yes. Where that house has become quote unquote, you know, traumatized or this or that. Yep. This to me is stupidity. So that's true. This right here is nobody's at fault but that person. That's true. Himself, who is also wanted by law enforcement. That's true. So in my eyes, this isn't like somebody coming into the house and murdering somebody. Right. So that to you takes the creepy from it because it was Correct. just an accidental. Yep. He ran and he was trying to hide and it was no fault of I mean, anybody. I had somebody die at one of my houses when I was younger, like that was working on the house, like got killed working on the house. Really? So like, that's not something that you can control. That's not something that, that bad that happened. Like that is what it is. Right. That's true. That's true. That's a good point. So charity, not that, you know, my brain works a little differently than most people's, but the first thing that came to mind when you said somebody was stuck in a freezer, I have two things that popped into my head and it both goes to show the age group I grew up in. First one, Punky Brewster, hide and seek, getting stuck in the refrigerator. Yes. Second one, Brady Bunch, them at the butchers, going yep. into the freezer and the door shutting. Yes. Like, and then being stuck in there. I mean, you know what? It's 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 such a senseless thing, but I would be traumatized if I found somebody in my new home in a dead in a freezer and just, I mean, think of the conditions. I mean, I don't even yeah. want to know. That is something you can't unsee. No, I get it 100%. You know? So I don't, guys, I don't know. I don't know how I would feel. I, I guess I, I can't, it's hard for me to say exactly how I'd feel because it has Is this our creep that bought this house? No, it is not the know. creep. It's somebody they know. All right. Well, let so it, that's why I'm keeping everything anonymous because it's still under investigation and it's, you know, really none of our business who bought it, right? It's nope. just, the, it's a story that's very interesting though. But uh, if you go on to the Case Watch Crime Creep group on Facebook, let this creep's friend know that what you what you think. I think this this house is free of all bad omens and demons and yeah. I don't th see. I don't exactly. Night. I mean, unless you know, some do believe that when you die in a traumatic way like that, like he clearly he didn't mean to die. He just was hiding, right? Correct. Some who believe in the afterlife believe that those types of people have trouble moving on and that they're going to keep reliving their life in that said home, which is the home he lived in. It sounds like. Um, or at least he was in that home for that night. And, you know, some could believe that it might, he might still be haunting. Who knows? I don't know. It's all in what you believe, Mark. See, to me, there's more to this. The, to, I, then this doesn't make sense to me because if this is a house he was living in, 
before this house was sold, people would have gone through this house. How did he not get found before? That's what I was like. Un- there's really <clears throat> weird stuff here. That's I wonder what- if it was a house that was maybe he took off into that was foreclosed right. on or maybe, something like that. Maybe, maybe. But wouldn't, like, when the inspection goes through, wouldn't they have found? I mean, hey, maybe look at not. this ginormous freezer with a piece of metal sticking out of it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know all the all the ins and outs of it. But that was just an interesting story that oh, I, I would share. So let's talk about uh, Brian Kroberger. I hate even saying his name because he's a scumbag. piece of crap. So Idaho student killings suspect could be executed by firing squad if he is convicted and sentenced to death. Now, ready? Here's yep. my round of applause. Let's talk about this for a second, okay? Let's discuss. I have not heard of a firing squad in a long time as a form of execution. I like have it. you? I like it. Have you though? Like, um, I read that, and to me, I was like, "Huh? Does that happen more than I know?" I don't think it does but because that. Not to interrupt you, because you were just about to speak, but that to me is great because it's the the. Thinking about what's going to happen with a gun pointed at you, right? Yep. That is going to be a horrible, horrible feeling, not knowing when they're going to pull the trigger. And you know how that works, and right? They, no. How does it work? Do they shoot so him in the leg first? So basically, there's only one person's gun that actually has a live round in it, and oh. none of the people who are in the firing squad knows which gun that is. It's all randomized. Wow. Um, the others have blanks, so and they all aim for the same spot. That way, none of the people... You know, say if there was eight guys, only one of them actually did it, but none of them know. So there's always in their head the it wasn't me. Yep. Um, I honestly think this more maybe goes back to if you remember the lethal injection cocktails and stuff like that becoming yep. harder to get and not being able to use. Now there's they have to use other forms of capital punishment. Yeah, at and this he's point. he's not. He it's it's okay to just waste one bullet on him. We don't need to be wasting a bunch of you know, resources on him at all. I agree. Um, can we talk about the case watch chat a little bit? Because sure. you started it and then you were like, peace. Peace out. And then I didn't even know about it because, you know, charity, charity doesn't ha- have any idea how to do it. And then one of the creeps contacted me. He was like, hey, how come you're not in the chat? And I was like, what chat? <laughs> She's so, like, the chat? <laughs> I don't know much about them. Uh, all I know is that I, a lot of the groups that I, I'm involved in, how all of a sudden had these checks. Oh my God, up. it's awesome. I'm in it still. Oh yeah, I me still too. I still read it every day. I do too. I, sometimes I just pop in and say, you know, hope everyone has a nice day or whatever, but I love watching their interactions with you the You know creeps. one of the things I hate about our crime creep group? What? Every time I see something fun and I want to share it in the group, I realize it's already from the group. Always. I'm like, oh, this is hilarious. I can't yep. wait to, never mind. Walter Cop shared this or so-and-so did or Michael did, Zachary it's just one of them always. Vanessa Fielding always shares really yes. cool stuff. Danelle. Yep. Well, everybody. Just off Joellen. Victoria. Scoot. Oh, we have a bunch of them. We have a bunch of them. But uh, yes, I will. So unfortunately, I started the. It basically, I was at a racetrack and I was getting ready to start the broadcast and it was like, I'm going to create this. <laughs> and then peace out. And then. <laughs> I did, and then I got really busy, and then I haven't had a chance to look at my phone, and I've been sick ever since. So it's it's awesome. It's like we're all in a room together, kind of. It's really cool. It is really cool. I love it. it the stuff that you can do on this, you know, it's so funny though because I miss MySpace. I never had MySpace. Oh, it was great. Mine, you go to, and it would be the Shawn Michaels music, "Sexy Boy." <laughs> that that would play when you go to my page. Like MySpace had it figured out. I, I come to the point now where, like, I hate Facebook. 
all everybody does is complain. They all they do is whine. It's just like, come on, guys, give me a break. <laughs> I can't. And then I go on there and complain and whine myself. <laughs> exactly. That's right. So it's funny because Aubrey was here today and Aubrey says to me, she's like, oh, you guys are recording today. What are you guys going to talk about? And I'm like, I really don't know. And he she's like, knows. oh, that's real? Yeah. He has no idea. I'm like, yeah, that's I, real. And I actually was all excited about not this week's case, but next week's. Well, this week's this week's case is good, too. But Wait, next week's not, case. No sell next week's case, Charity. <laughs> so I told him what it was. I'm like, you'll forget anyways. You won't even remember. You'll be like, oh. That's like, interesting. Really cool. I've never heard of this before. Yeah. And I don't know how these things come to me because this is, the, I don't know. I really don't. I'm excited. What so do you got? So this one um, is about the Hammersmith ghost. The what? Hammersmith ghost. Have you ever heard of it? I have not. Well, I just thought that, you know, you love ghosts and stuff so much. I hate ghostesses. I love ghostesses. Oh, it's like the worst thing in the world. They freak me out. Ghosts and aliens. Ghost aliens and snakes. Those it's are my three. Definitely aliens. Oh. Oh, come on. Now you're freaking are me you out. Are you serious? That stuff freaks me out. You don't believe that there's aliens. They ha- there are. I it, try not to think about it. Well, it the government ca- the, the they came out and said there are UFOs, unidentified <laughs> flying objects. Yes, let's move on. I don't like Guys, this. Guys, you talk. should see it's his like face. Freaking me out. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> This is a very interesting case from the 1800s. Okay. It took place in the UK. Nearing the end of 1803, there were many reports from residents living in Hammersmith, London. The reports stated that people weren't only seeing a very specific ghost, they were also being attacked by the said ghost. What? Yeah, so this is an angry ghost. Yeah. I prefer Casper. Yep. Well, the locals all agreed that this angry ghost was a man that had committed suicide the year before, his body being buried in a local churchyard in Hammersmith. Mark, are you listening? And are you scared yet? All right. I, I got to pull back the curtain here a little bit. <laughs> I was just distracted because I was looking out my window and my neighbor who I love, who is a mid-70s heavy set guy who drives a scooter Aww. just drove in front of my house shirtless on his scooter Aww. right by our window. Oh, I didn't see him. <laughs> oh, you will. Cause he's going to come back around the cul-de-sac here in about two He minutes. just drives his cul-de-sac. I mean, his uh, scooter around the cul-de-sac usually has a shirt on guys. I want a scooter. <laughs> Don't you think it would be awesome if I had a scooter? I could scooter over here. Oh my God. I this could is... put case watch on the side of it. That is so funny. So, oh, supposedly, so Aubrey just drove the Cadillac back to me today because I'm getting it worked on for her, which has the big case watch sticker on the back window. And she said somebody on Route 2 started beeping their horn. No way. And like repeatedly beeping and then got up beside her and like yelled, case watch rules out the window. Oh, my God. Whoever you are, if you're listening, yeah, message whoever us. you are, you you uh you, you met my kid on Route you 2. You guys met the <laughs> one and only Aubrey. I love that. It's so funny. But yeah, I, I'm like, I never get that from anybody. And That's she's like, you awesome. also don't have a sticker on your car. I'm like, you're right. Oh, um, <laughs> I'd like to say that um I have a custom made sticker that's going on my vehicle. Oh, really? Yeah, I can get one for you, too. I have to check it out. I have a whole bunch of them. All right, here we go. Here is the description of the creepy apparition. Are you ready? I am. He was said to be extremely tall, wearing all white. Some said he was also wearing calfskin 
horns. Sometimes he had oversized glasses on. And sometimes he was seen with just eyes. This is a very specific, like, description. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. I mean, glasses? A ghost with glasses? That's different. Yeah. Rumors suggested that those who killed themselves should not be buried in places such as a churchyard. They would never be at rest if so. So, you know, he killed himself, but yet he was still buried in the churchyard. So, you know, that's why he wasn't at rest. So... That's what the the community thought. This was another reason it was believed that this ghost was haunting all around the area. All kinds of stories were spreading around the area and the surrounding areas. Scary ass stories, right? This is like, you know, you know, like the game uh, telephone. No. When you're a kid, we played the game telephone and you'd all sit in like a big circle. Oh, and yes. somebody would have something to say and they'd whisper it into the ear. And by the time it got back around, it would be something almost totally different. I was the kid that completely changed it every time. Yeah, of course you are. Cause it was fun. Yeah. One story said that two women were attacked by the ghost on separate occasions. One of the women was pregnant and the other one was an elderly woman. Both women were said to have been walking by the churchyard when they encountered this nasty ghost. The story went on to say that the women were so freaked out by the encounter that they died of shock only a few days later. I mean, dun, that's dun, dun. that's scary. That's scary. If you think that this ghost could possibly you could show up and you die just from the fright. Right. Whew. You can imagine how these stories spread about. You know, just like I said, just like the, the game telephone. We should play that. We probably should. Who should like with fun. adults? Who should we? Well, we'll have to just. We'll just do it with me, you, and Kristen. No, because you already said you changed a story, so forget it. Yeah, but it's it's fun that way. Another story that circulated was an account from a man named Thomas Groom. He was a servant and claimed that he and a friend were taking a stroll for the church at around 9 p.m. Just a nice little... I actually like to walk through um, um, graveyards. Nope. It's so peaceful. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. I don't. No. Like the one on... uh, You know what street I'm talking about. Uh, Yes. The school... Yep, I always, I love walking through there. It's so, so peaceful and just birds chirping and- I went to the graveyard two weeks ago. Yeah. Just to see my dad. Yep. Because I was in Claremont, so- Why not, yep. other than that, nope. No walking around? Nope, not for me. (laughs) Right. Um, So, but my question is, (laughs) if something like this was going on- Never go Why would anyone do that? Yes, never (laughs) go. When these rumors and stories were going around, right? Maybe they just- Maybe they were like non-believers, right? Thomas said that a figure slowly came up from behind a headstone and grabbed him by the neck. No. Yeah. He said his friend heard the noise from the attack and turned around. But Thomas said, in his own words, the ghost, quote unquote, gave me a twist around and I saw nothing. I gave a bit of a push out with my fist and felt something soft, like a great coat. Ooh. If these stories are only partly true, this is one badass ghost, man. Even if they're partly true. Another firsthand account was from a man named William Girdler. He was a night watchman, and on December 29th, he said he saw a ghost near a road called Beaver Lane. Don't do it, Mark. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's what she said. And I just punched the microphone. He decided to chase after it. (laughs) Beaver. The Beaver Lane. Right. So immature. He decided to chase after it, probably to get a look at it. 
Williams said the ghost saw him and took off. He couldn't catch up to him and he just disappeared into the night. Oh, all these stories. I guess at that time, London didn't have an actual police department. It's been said that the communities in and around the area were pretty much freaking out, not knowing when they might have a sighting of the ghost or be attacked. I mean, I would. Yeah. There's a vicious ghost out there who's going to attack you. I would never walk that street again. Sometimes with his glasses on, sometimes with off. I mean, yeah. (laughs) He just took his glasses off, guys. A group of brave citizens decided to take the situation into their own hands and make a kind of ghost task force. Oh, my God. Yeah. These citizens paroled the areas the ghosts had been seen, and they were armed, Mark. Not sure how that would protect them against a ghost, but no judgment here. Yeah, I was just going to say, here, let me handcuff <laughs> They were going to shoot the ghost. Yeah, because that's going to work. And it would go right through the ghost. Yep. And it would be wedged Smart somewhere thinking. and wherever. Smart thinking. They were determined to catch him, though. Again, not sure how you go about that, but they believed they could. I personally tried to put myself in the mindset of this freaked out community back in that time. I think I'd feel comforted having a coalition of ghost watchers protecting me. <laughs> like I protect you, Mark, whenever there's ghosts around. Oh, with my I sage. would be, I, you would see Mark run faster than anything in the world. <laughs> even if it simply meant that I didn't have to worry about running into the ghost because there was always someone on the watch. So right, even if they didn't do anything, you could sleep at night because the coalition of ghost yep, hunters save us. or they, they would just let you know, at least if the ghost was near you or something, but you know, they must have truly, um, believed the entity could be deterred by a gun wielding group, right? Cause why would they do it if they didn't? <laughs> None of this makes sense to me. <laughs> William Girdler was busy patrolling around 10 30 PM the night of January 3rd, 1804. He reached the corner of. Beaver Lane. My favorite place. (laughs) Is it a Y intersection? I I don't know. Just curious. When he ran into fellow lookout volunteer, 29-year-old Francis Smith, with his shotgun in hand, Francis told William he intended to find the ghost that very night. So he was was gung-ho. I really enjoy the confidence, you know? After all, when you're going after an aggressive ghost, confidence is surely needed, I would think. Just don't have your partner stand on the other side of the ghost when you shoot him. Right? I know. <laughs> Come on. William agreed to look for the ghost as well and announced to the other volunteers that he and Francis were going to, quote unquote, take the ghost if possible. I love this. I wish they had walkie talkies and stuff. Breaker, breaker, one nine. We're going to take the ghost. This- hey, Billy Bob. <laughs> Do you see that, that white ghost? We got to get him. Go get him. Get boy now. Get. That was great. I tried. That's a good, good way to add to the story, Mark. This is why I have you. Yep. This announcement was made at approximately 11 p.m. The two men then went into opposite directions on their search. Oh, so maybe it, so it must have been. Oh, no. Oh, boy. It could have been at a corner, right? It could be. Beaver Lane. Beaver Lane. Yeah, Beaver. <laughs> yep. Could go like this. Yeah, like this. <laughs> Everybody should see what we're doing here with our hands. <laughs> What lane is this again? Beaver Lane. Beaver Lane. Almost immediately after the two men parted ways, Francis ran into a man. They parted ways on Beaver Lane? They parted ways on Beaver Lane. They parted ways. Francis, after they parted ways on Beaver Lane, ran into a man named Thomas Millwood. I love all these names, first of all. They're great. They, They are phenomenal. Thomas was a bricklayer. During this time, bricklayers would wear white clothing, 
consisting of white linen pants, a white waistcoat, waistcoat, sorry guys, and a white apron. William was on his way home from his parents' house on Black Lion Lane. Oh my God, I love these circles, lanes, curves, whatever. I just find it funny that a bricklayer who gets very dirty yep. wears all white. That's just back in the day. That's what they did in that, in that area in that time. According to William's sister, Ann Millwood, who lived with her parents still, almost as soon as William left the house, she heard Francis say, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Picture it. Damn you. Okay, go ahead. Eyes are closed. Damn you. Who are you? And what are you? Damn you. I'll shoot you. (sighs) Done. And then heard a gunshot. Unfortunately, it seemed as if Francis believed that William Millwood was the ghost due to his appearance in all white. Francis shot William in the lower jaw and he died. Oh, no. I know. More than one person heard the gunshot and ran to the scene. William Gerder came running along with John Locke, a neighbor of Francis's, and another man named George Stowe. They later reported that Francis Smith, quote, appeared very much agitated. Uh, yeah, because he realized he just shot an actual dude. Ruh-roh. The men then put together what had happened when they say William Mill- when they saw excuse me William Millwood's dead body. The men told Francis to go home until further notice. This situation just shows how like what can happen when there is true mass panic. Yeah, seriously, like he thought he saw the ghost. He was all amped up. He said he was going to take the ghost that night. He thought he did, and then realized, oh crap, I just murdered somebody. Great, an neighbors, na- neighbor steps aren't going to get fixed now. Nope. Good job. Yep. Poor William Millwood was just minding his own business, being a good guy, visiting his parents, and bam, he ends up dead. A constable was called. Does anyone hear that? He's shove. He's pouring. He's pouring the snowcaps. I love these. This things. is what I have to deal with when I'm telling my stories to Mark. So well, you guys, I, I hope you guys feel bad for me sometimes, because sometimes I'm like, are you paying attention? He's like looking in the box, he's reading the back of stuff. I do pay attention. He does, though. This is how I pay attention. A constable was called to the scene to find out what happened. After hearing what took place, he took Francis into custody. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Before I continue on, (laughs) Sophie is in heat again. (laughs) And you guys can probably hear her. She is so loud outside that door today. Yeah, she's mad. She wants in this room. She literally was meowing her little face off just now. And I think she heard me say Sophie. She's like, oh, no, I've been busted. So hopefully you guys can hear her because she's really cute. William's body was brought to a nearby was to a nearby inn to be examined by a surgeon as to identify the actual cause of death. Um, Maybe the gunshot wound to the face? I mean, the cause of death was, of course, the gunshot to the chin. <laughs> <laughs> it was when you de- take a shot to the chin on Beaver oh, Lane, it usually does not end It well. didn't even happen on Beaver Lane. Oh, but that ruined my story. I know. It was determined that Francis was to be tried for the murder of William Millwood. During the trial, William's wife testified about how she pleaded with him on more than one occasion to put a coat or something over his uniform, saying he had been mistaken for the ghost before. Oh. I'm sorry. Guys, This is those of you who know this story know it is going to take a turn. I'm trying not to And laugh. Mark is going to be like, wow. I don't know the story, so yeah. this is why this is I be didn't know it either until I researched it. His sister, Anne also took the stand explaining how she had heard Francis yell to her brother to stop or he would shoot, but then heard the shot at almost the same time. So he asked him to stop or I'll shoot and didn't give him any time. He just bam right then and there. 
It's not how that's supposed to work. No, no. Because if he had asked him to stop, then he would have stopped and realized it was a regular man and not a ghost. Yes. It's so, um, yeah. So I think that's a little upsetting, even more upsetting that he just, bam, you're definitely the ghost. I'm not even going to. He 100% in his head was, thought like, it was the ghost. I'm doing this tonight. I'm that's saving the community. Said, so. I'm saving the community. There were many friends and family that took the stand in Francis' defense. They spoke of what a wonderful person he was and the great character he had, probably trying to say that he was not the type of person that would just point blank, blank kill somebody. He only shot William because he was sure he was the ghost. I hope someone says, he's not the smartest pencil in the yeah. pack, but... I'm sure he was a nice guy, but he, he just got was. all caught up and, you know, he, he was just, quote unquote, saving his community from a monster. I just, oh, this stuff. I don't know. What to think, think about the time too. I mean, eighteen oh four. You say this takes a turn, so now I'm just wondering. I, I can't wait for this turn to hit. After all testimony, Chief Judge Lord Chief Baron Sir Archibald Macdonald. I love it. Can we add some more names? Oh to this? my god, that is amazing. Well, he spoke to the jury, telling them to convict a person of murder. All that is needed is the intent to kill. Sounds like the judge didn't give any craps about Francis mistaking William for the ghost. Murder is murder. He went on to say, according to testimony present at trial, William did nothing to make Francis shoot him. He didn't attack him or run towards him. Francis saw him, told him to stop and shot him. He also said that even if William was the ghost, it wouldn't be a justified killing because pretending to be a ghost and scaring someone was not a serious crime. So... It sounds like the judge didn't believe there even was a real ghost on the prowl. Neither do I. Finally, the judge ended his conversation with the jury, telling them that the testimony of all the character witnesses had no bearing in the case. Whoa, 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 whoa. This judge tried really hard to take Francis down. He was not buying anything. He was just mad that an innocent man was killed. The jury came back with a verdict of manslaughter. Judge McDonald was not happy with this verdict at all. He told the jury that the court would not take that verdict. He meant business, man. He told them that he either needed to find Francis Smith guilty of murder or acquit. Those are totally two extreme verdicts, right? Yeah. Either acquit him, which would cause mayhem because he'd have no punishment for it, or convict him yeah, this to the max. Yeah, this seem right to me. In my opinion, I think the verdict of manslaughter might have been the right one, unless it was one of my family members, I'm sure. You know what I mean? If like if that had been my son or my significant other or my brother, I of course would want him to rot in jail. Maybe. I mean <laughs> But manslaughter, I mean I don't know. I don't know. The judge didn't think that Francis, believing that William was a ghost, should have been part of the reasoning for the murder. This dude is very cut and dry. This judge is very, nope, sorry, killed him. It's a gray area there, judge. Uh, He doesn't think think so. The jury went back to deliberation and came back with a guilty verdict. At this point, they didn't seem to have much choice. I'm sure Judge McDonald was delighted with the verdict. He quickly sentenced Francis Smith to death. Dun, dun, dun. An eye for an eye. Some judges back in the day, that's what they believed, you know? That's crazy. I know. He then explained how he would be reporting the case to the king. The king was the only one who could commute the sentence. This simply means he had the power to lessen the severity of the sentence. The original sentence of death was to be hanging and then dissection. Ooh. You know, cutting the body up into little pieces. 
That's kind of, that's a little, that's rough. That's odd. Yeah. Why? I don't know. The king must not have been a fan of the sentencing because he lessened it to one year of hard labor. That is quite the lessening. That's a lot different. Right? You can imagine that this case received a ton of publicity. I'm sure there were people on either side, some believing it was a case of mistaking identity, Francis thinking he was defending himself and his community, others believing Francis Smith was a murderer. What do you think, Mark? I think there's more to this story than I, I get. But what do you think like about the sentence? Do you think manslaughter would have been the right one? I think manslaughter would have been cor- the correct sentence mm-hmm. for this. This yeah. wasn't a cut and dry murder. There right. seems to be more going on here than I know, and I'm waiting for the twist. But The constant talk around the communities caused John Graham to come forward. You see, John Graham felt very guilty because he was the Hammersmith ghost. <laughs> Oh, no. Yes. John Graham was an elderly man that decided it would be a good idea to use a sheet and pretend to be a ghost. (gasps) He was a shoemaker and his apprentice had been telling his children ghost stories, scaring the bejeebies out of them. Yes, bejeebies is underlined in red, but I don't care because I love that word. (laughs) He was hoping to scare his apprentice just as badly as he had scared his children. Unfortunately, all he did was scare the living hell out of community and led to an innocent, hardworking man to be killed for no reason whatsoever. This is absolutely crazy. Yikes, right? These people that saw the ghost, a.k.a. a man in a sheet, thought he was for real. (laughs) They thought a man wearing a sheet was real. I love this. Well, Judge McDonald had it right all along, though, didn't he? He kind of did. It doesn't state anywhere if John Graham ever got in trouble for pretending to be the frightful ghost. This case made a big splash on UK law. It caused quite a debate. Was a mistaken belief a believable defense to a crime? It it wouldn't be until 1984 for a concrete ruling to take place. There was an appeal heard in November of 1983, R versus Williams. I'm, trying not, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sheet. trying not to laugh in the background here, but this is just But in an my innocent guy was... Got killed because of a dude wearing a sheet. I know. The when I irony. got to that point, the I was like, irony here. Iron. I know. Irony. I was like, no way. This is unbelievable. Gladstone Williams saw a man dragging another man. The man bega- being dragged was screaming for help, pleading with the man dragging him to stop. Gladstone thought he was witnessing an assault and jumped into action thinking he was helping the man being dragged. He ended up hurting the man that he thought was assaulting the man being dragged. Unfortunately for Gladstone, an assault was taking place. Well, excuse me, an assault wasn't taking place. The man was actually trying to apprehend the man being dragged who had stolen from him. Ooh. Right? Gladstone was arrested and convicted of assault, occasioning actual bodily harm or OABH. I'm going to tell you what Miss Wiki says. She says, OABH is a statutory offense of aggravated assault in England and Wales and Northern Ireland the Australian Capital Territory, New South Wales, Hong Kong, and the Solomon Islands. Hong Kong. Oh, these next parts come directly from the Court of Appeal. Criminal Division, 1984, R versus Gladstone Williams. Did I sound like really professional just then? thought Barbara Walters was in the room. (sighs) Well, I do have my really fancy big glasses on. You do, I've noticed. I have my big glasses on too. I know, I think mine are bigger though. Yes. My frames are like thicker. Yep, that's what she said. That's what she said. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Mark has chocolate everywhere, guys. We just had to stop. It's all over his hands. It's everywhere. 
The snow cap melted. Are you sure it's chocolate? Ew. Ew, that's gross. I know. I'm disgusting. <laughs> yes, it's chocolate. That's why I'm looking it off my hands. Uh, this is a piece of what Lord Chief Justice Lane had to say at Gladstone's appeal. In a case of self-defense or the prevention of a crime is concerned if the jury came to the conclusion that the defendant believed or may have believed that he was being attacked or that a crime was being committed and that force was necessary to protect himself or to prevent the crime, then the prosecution have not proved their case. If, however, the defendant's alleged belief was mistaken, and if the mistake was an unreasonable one, that may be a peaceful reason for coming to the conclusion that the belief was not honestly held and should be rejected. What about fake ghostesses? I don't know. Even if the jury came to the conclusion that the mistake was an unreasonable one, if the defendant may genuinely have been laboring under it, he is entitled to rely upon it. The appeal was granted and the conviction went bye-bye. What? Well, because he mistakenly thought that this guy was assaulting another guy. So he tried to protect the guy being assaulted, but the guy being assaulted was the guy that was stealing from the guy. But he, he won his appeal. This is absolutely crazy to me. This decision was later written into law. It is called the Criminal Justice and Immigration Act of 2008. Okay, first off, this actual case was fascinating to me. Someone shooting a man accidentally because they thought he was a real ghost. And also, this brings up quite the discussion. We always say, Mark, right? See something, say something. Yes. What if what we think we are seeing isn't really what we are seeing and we jump into action thinking we are helping like Gladstone did? Luckily, nowadays, we can simply pick up our cell phones and call for help or a well check, et cetera. But what if we are in an area where there's no cell service or if someone sees something and thinks there isn't time to call, if they think something needs to be done right then and there? All this information raised so many questions for me. I asked some of my friends their thoughts on Gladstone's case, and I got many different responses because it's not cut and dry by far. Lastly, guys, if you see a ghost and you are scared, please don't try to shoot it, stab it, etc. <laughs> Just my opinion. What do you think about this? Well, this is, it opens quite the discussion. Um, a, the ghost was fakest. Yeah. Fakest? What is the fakest? Fakest. I don't know what I'm saying. Fakest. Ghostesses aren't real. Mark. I have to say it. Otherwise, I'm going to freak out because that stuff, that that's like one of my. All right. Well, you're not going to like the. Creeps following, are coming after me. The following case or cases coming up at some point. But anyways, you know. The creeps will come after me for that. The, yeah. You're a big I'll have wimp. Like 20 people tell me how ghosts are real. They are. It's so funny. Whenever I say something that's slightly controversial. Well, Mark, let me explain to you oh, how I love that. this is. I love that. But okay, so let's think of the more real case, the one that, that they wrote the law on, the Gladstone yep. one, okay, where he he a man clearly was dragging a man to justice who stole from him. Yep. And of course the guy was kicking and screaming because he wanted to get loose and he thought he was being assaulted. So he did what he thought as an as a bystander would do to help the other man, but hurt the guy who was actually not in the wrong. That's like an, that to me is an honest mistake. Correct. But what do you do, right? Because, right, see something, say something. If you're somewhere and something's happening and you don't have time to call or whatever, that do you stop it? Do you not? I don't unfortunately, know. Unfortunately, most people just mind their own business. But, unfortunately, that's what happens is because you don't know. Well, because of something like this. Yep. 100%. What do you do in that case? Like, it's, a, it's a good opening discussion, I feel like. I don't think we still have concrete 
answers on that to to this day. No, I mean every case is different, right? Yeah, you have to know what's going well, on in that case where that guy was dragging him. Like yeah. that's that could be seen in one way to him, and I get it. Like you could be like, oh my god, that guy's trying to kill him. But what if he killed the guy and he he ended up assaulting him and hurting him? But he, what if he killed him by accident? That would have been a whole different case. Would he still have won the appeal? I don't know. Probably not. I don't know. So maybe just how bad is it? I don't know. Yeah, you have to. That's why you you see something, you say something, and you report it. Yeah. Nowadays, we do have that luxury. We do. And more than likely, 500 people will have it taped on their cell phone at this point. Because that's unfortunately, that's what everybody does now is they just right. start taping it. Right. I don't know. I just thought that, was, that brought up an interesting question. But yeah, the whole ghost, that was... Yeah. I want to know what our creeps think. I that's do too. What I, that's what I love the most, especially now since we have creep chat. There I love go. that. Creep, creep chat. chat. I'm going to talk in it this weekend. You should. And guys, I know we say this all the time, so we're probably annoying you, but if you could leave us a review and five stars to help us continuing on so we can keep doing this, we would love that because that does help us. Yeah, the reviews are one of the big things, although we have hit a milestone in reviews. I think we, yeah. we're up over, what, 200 We're now? at 200, I think. That's nuts. I know. I look at podcasts that I've listened to for years that I put on like even a different level than ours, and they don't even have that. Yep. Which is pretty cool. It I always like cool. the, the negative ones that come in once in a while, too. They're kind of fun. <laughs> Guys, go back and... Look at some of our yeah, reviews yeah, and we, look at some of the negative ones because the things that they complain about are the reasons why you love us. Yeah. Go on to the Apple if you can. The Apple. The Apple. I'm so gotta, non-technical. Yeah, go, go on the Apple. Go to the Apple. And after you leave your five-star review, you can read some of the negative ones and have a good giggle for yourself. They're funny. They're wicked like, funny. I wish they would just like shut up and talk about the case. Yeah. That's the whole reason people like us because yep. we talk about other stuff. It's yeah. boring when you And we talk also about talk about current stuff too, which is good. Yes. That, that aggravates people too. <laughs> well, sorry. It's what's going on in the world. But at the end of the day, we do this podcast for us because we right. like it. That's true. And it's fun. It and is. it's Case Watch True Crime Podcast. Hi, Mark. That's Charity. Yeah. And that's the end of the show. Bye, guys.